Welcome to Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. This podcast will offer weekly episodes equipping passive and active investors alike with the tools, knowledge, and confidence to build wealth through one of the most powerful wealth creation vehicles out there, apartments. Let's get into today's episode. We double check all the stuff, but I guess the batteries <laughs> still failed. I don't even know what happened. But continuing down our path. So we talked about property management, right? So yep. for those of you tuning in for the first time, Monday, Mondays, 3.30 Central, typically run for about 30 minutes. And, you know, we do live Q&A and kind of talk about different topics. So this week we're talking about property management one-on-one. Yep. And really, you know, what does it look like from the syndicator's point of view, right? When do you involve them? What do you do with them? And kind of how does that relationship continue? Yep. So what we mentioned at the beginning, right, very first time you're interviewing them, once you've identified your property management company, the next time really is whenever you think you're close to having a deal under contract, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of helping validate the budget, talking to them. Have they, in, have they, they managed they, that property before? Have they not, right? Really they working through that. Too. What yeah. do they think about the area? Do they like the deal? All that yeah. stuff. And then really from there, if you get the deal under contract, right, it's working through due diligence. Yeah. What does, you know, and all of the things that involve due diligence, right? They're helping validate things, they're helping doing lease audits, rent, ro- uh, you know, unit walks, all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's where we left off, I think, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. continue so that's, on. That's, that's the major time that you're going to interact with your property management company. And then obviously after the takeover, that's, a, that's the cadence is usually you're going to have weekly calls with them, right? Assume it's going to be 30 minutes to an hour, you know, and if you have multiple properties, then it might be longer. Right, you're going to get at least your monthly reports, and then there's going to be emails and phone calls in between that. But usually, there's going to be a, a weekly call, monthly financial reports that you're going to be you're obviously dealing with your property management company on. Right. So one of the big things that we wanted to cover today, though, is you know some tips on picking the right one. Right. You know, ultimately, you have to rely on people that you trust. Right. So a lot of our business, and this is just real estate in general, is all referral driven. Right. Who have you used that you like, know, and trust? And if I trust you and you trust this person, then there's a high likelihood that I probably will like this person too, right? So you have to go out and, and, and ask people that are doing deals, who are you using for property management? That's number one way of picking a property exactly. management Exactly, except for, you know, I don't know about Ben's friends, right? I like Ben, but I mean, his friends, I question, so maybe it doesn't apply all the time, right? Transitive property is not always accurate, but anyways, continue on, well, didn't mean yeah, to interrupt you. It's not you. always, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, it's at least a good start, right? You know, ultimately you need to feel comfortable with the people too, right? But that at least gives you a good short list of people that you can potentially call. Yeah. One of the other tips that we always say is, go out and secret shop their current property. Say, I want a list of the five properties in the area that I'm yeah. looking at, and go out there and start secret shopping them. And that's not just driving around, right? Get out and actually try to tour the thing, yeah. right? And come up with a story and say you're moving in town and you need a place to stay. And that might not work in every sub-market, right? But for the most part, people don't ask a whole lot of questions. They're there to do their job, right? So they're not gonna question, well, why does this person want that? So don't get hung up on those types of things. Secret shop it because I want you to know from uh, there's, a, there's a certain reason why you do this, right? You wanna make sure is the staff well-dressed? Did they greet you properly or were they rude, no. right? Did they ultimately follow up whenever you left? Did they answer the phone? Did they, did answer, they, the phone? Did they answer the door? <laughs> is the property clean or is there trash everywhere? What's the tenant profile, right? You know, I mean, are they handling tenants properly? I mean, we've been on property tours where they'll have a, a manager's yelling at, you know, at one of the tenants, right? You know, now maybe in certain circumstances that's a good thing. Most of the time it's probably a bad thing. Right when there when there's an adversarial um, you know approach to property management, yeah. it usually never goes well. Right, so those are some tips, right, that you you could use to potentially you know. Yeah, my, my favorite story is I was touring a property and 
you know, the manager there, literally there's a, a kid that was going to throw the trash away into the trash bin, and along the way, he kind of basically drops half of it. And the manager literally right there, the, hey, is that how your mom raised you? Is that how you're supposed to do it? No, all right, well, you should pick up your mess. And ultimately, we hired that guy, and he's a yeah, rock star. Yeah, he cracked the whip. You yeah, know, that, he did that, it, that's he did, able. That's yeah, right. he, did it, he did it in the right way, Yeah. right? You know, the other thing that I, I forgot to mention that's another good tip, right, is, you know, picking property management companies to do what you need them to do. So, for example, right, you're not going to go pick Graystar to manage your Class C property, right? You know, they are Class A operators. That's what they do. That's what they do best. They do it very, very well. That's why they're big, biggest in the business, right? You need Class C people to manage Class C deals. You also always want to you want to err on the side of caution and usually get people that have experience in the submarket that you're in, right? It's not always the case, right? There might be a good reason that they they can they can pull it off, but for the most part, you want to go. Hey, if I'm looking in this submarket, they've already got deals in this submarket. That's a good thing, right? So that's another tip for picking the right property management company, right? Yeah. So how you can perform a successful multifamily takeover along with your property management company, right? Was, yeah, it's one step know, at a time. That's the end. That's my answer. One step at a time, right? <laughs> right, no, but there's so, a lot that goes into it. So, you know, takeover is not a trivial thing, right? There's, yeah. And a good property management company has it buttoned up, right? We took over four properties in Dallas last week, yeah. week before last, and... You know, there's just a lot of moving parts. There's a ton of moving parts. And so parts. first thing is important to have a checklist. So if you yes. need a checklist, right, we have one, disruptequity.com slash takeover checklist. Go there. You can download our checklist for free. Yep. And it kind of helps. And it really, we started that from kind of what our property management company has, mm -hmm. right? It helps kind of make sure you're not dropping the ball. There's 50 different things from, you know, how do you plan? What do you, what documents you did ask for? When do you ask for them? All of that. So definitely work through that. But Takeover is really about taking control of the asset, right? Yeah. From staff, from you know tenants and where they pay, to even vendors and contracts and all the other pieces. So. And one thing to note, folks, is that you you're not going to be integrally if you are if you're really really involved in this process. Either a it's it's a really small property, or b you don't got the right property management company because they should be handling all of this A to Z, and you're just there just to plug in the gaps, right? You know, if they need something from, say, the seller whenever you're buying a deal, or they needed something from the from the former property management company, maybe you'll go chase after that, or you need something from the lender, that as a sponsor is where you're supposed to be plugging in, right? They are going to come in, they are gonna hire, fire, retain the staff, right? They are going to get the utility switched over. They are going to, you know, onboard the staff. They're mm -hmm. going to do the whole entire shebang. They're going to go over to the tenants. They're going to give them a, a letter and say, hey, now you're going to be paying us the rent, right? So they're going to handle all of this. So this is really, you know, the takeover is just to make sure that the property management company is doing what they are supposed to be doing, yep. right? Not necessarily what you're doing as a sponsor or as a syndicator. Yeah, and so really the form of successful multifamily takeover is having your property management company lined up yep. and figuring out whenever you close and they're ready. You literally yep. they're out there, they're on standby until you tell them, hey, we just took over. You know, we just closed, go ahead and take over. Yeah. They'll be hovering too. They're literally like in the park parking lot, yeah. right? Like and then we'll give them the green light, hey, we just closed, right? Because you can't technically take over something that you don't own just yet, right? Yep. So there's been, you know, times when it's it's 9 a.m., they're out on site, but we don't close until 2 p.m., right? Mm -hmm. And then they'll walk right in at 2 p.m., and, you know, if the staff is going to be retained, most of the time you already know that at this point because as part of your due diligence, you're interviewing the staff. Yeah, you've asked for permission to interview the yeah. staff. You've already kind of figured out. The owner's told you who they want to keep maybe on, on their payroll and who they're, yep. you know, who they're, who they're willing to let you interview. Yeah. And so. 
You know, so those are those are some just you know some some things to kind of take into consideration when it comes to property management. So, yeah, so, so we have some we have some questions that kind of came in prior to the show. Yeah, right? so we'll go through those for those of you just tuning in. Money Mondays do them every Monday, three thirty Central. Yep. We're talking about property management this time, but you can ask any question you want to know. So we're happy to kind of talk to that. So, you know, we'll go through a few of these, and if you guys have any questions, comments, go ahead and drop them. So. David, yes, it's Money Monday. <laughs> it's, Long it's, time to see you, Iggy. It's, it's so a Monday, hope we're doing well. Yes, and, and we had some technical difficulties earlier, so we appreciate everybody hanging tight with us. So um, how involved are syndicators within the takeover process? I'd say not very involved, right? Like, you know, I mean, really it's the property management company's job to interview the staff. It's their job to set it up in their system. It's their job to have accountant ready. You know, I mean, all the other pieces. As an owner, you're really focusing on closing during takeover. Yes. And you make a phone call and, you know, I mean, nine times out of 10, I mean, you know, we've never closed on a deal in Houston ourselves, right? Yeah. And we've never had to go to a property for takeover, right? So that kind of gives you guys an idea. We're, we're in the back office and, right? I don't think there's been a case I can think of where we I've showed never up. Been, no, no, I've never been on site whenever we yeah. close, right? We've always been back here in Houston because all this stuff's done remote, folks. This is not done in some title company and they give you the keys and then you go over there, right? That's not how any of this works, right? So, in fact, I don't ever go to a title company. You know, I've closed everything from our office, right? It's a remote, you know, um, closing coordinator. And you can kind of, so you're very hands-off. And that's that should really be the, the sign of a good property management company is that they, they say, hey, follow our process. We'll get you through it, right? And then they handle that. And you're just managing them. Because remember what I had said earlier, the biggest role is us is to manage the property management company. Mm-hmm. Make sure that they are implementing our business plan. As an asset manager, that is your number one role, right? The property management company is the boots on the ground, right? So we should not be too involved in the takeover process, right? Unless you just want to be there, but most of the time you're going to be in the way anyway. So another question, biggest issues you've experienced in taking over a property? I'll give, I'll have, I have one story that's kind of tragic and somewhat funny. So we took over our property in San Antonio. I won't name the name of the property. But we were literally going to closing. It was about 2 p.m. in the afternoon on a Friday. And we had gotten word that the boiler had gone out. Now, for anybody that knows the boiler on these big commercial properties, these are not a couple grand. This is a $40,000 thing that was literally out. And they were trying. And, and so we forced the seller to send somebody out there, right? They patched it up, you know, as best they could. And then literally the next day, the thing crapped out and we had to spend $40,000. Now, luckily, we had known through our due diligence process that the thing was already on its last leg, but it was funny that it was literally one of those things that was happening as we were trying to close. And I even tried calling the seller, and the guy was, they were out of California, they were a bigger shop. The guy was so taken aback that I had actually found his number and called him and said, hey, we got a problem here, man. Like, we're not going to close this deal unless you guys get somebody out there. Uh, and he was like, well, this is not, you know, proper procedure and you're supposed to be working with the broker. Well, as you remember, man, our broker was on a flight. Flip. He was on an airplane. So he wasn't even anywhere to be found. So it was just one of those things that, hey, that's really where you got to step in as, a, as an asset manager, as an owner. Got to get stuff done, right? You know, so luckily they did the right thing. They sent somebody out there. They got it back online that one night. But it literally only lasted 24 hours. Yeah. You know, so that would be one of the biggest issues that I think we've taken over, right? You know, the other yeah. thing being that we've been on the properties where they've completely taken the staff. Yeah, we've, right? we've had that. We've had drama where, you know, 
before closing, you have car crashes and never fires and everything under the sun. So there's kind of all the mechanics, right? It, it comes with the business and the territory. You just kind of have to be ready for it. So, yeah. you know, if you ha- so for those of you tuning in, Money Mondays, every Monday, 3.30 yeah. Central, typically for about 30 minutes. And, you know, we're talking about multi uh, property management, this multifamily property management this yeah. week. So if you have, you know, any, that's what we presented earlier. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them regardless of its property management specific yeah. or not. Um, we did give out a checklist earlier, so you know if you have if you want our takeover checklist, www.disruptequity.com/takeoverchecklist, yep. and it kind of goes through all the things to kind of keep in mind from a takeover perspective. Yeah. But really, you know, if you have any questions, go ahead and ask them, and we'll go ahead and answer them. So I know uh, Savion asked the question: When selecting property management, what are some general questions regarding how they handle problems such as fires, crimes, floods, and lawsuits? Yeah, no, absolutely. They need to have all that documented. There needs to be processes involved in all of this. And you have to realize that the folks that we're usually are dealing with are going to be at the regional, the VP, and, and sometimes the ownership level. These folks have been in the business for 20 or 30 years. It's not anything that they haven't seen. Yeah. So they usually will have a process for pretty much everything. But usually when there's a crime or there's something major that happens, there's an incident report that the staff has to, to fill out, pictures have to be taken. And that's all, that's from a liability standpoint, but also in case an insurance claim needs to be filed, right? You know, or, or God forbid, there's some kind of a, a criminal complaint that needs to be filed. You know, all of that is documented, right? Yeah. And this stuff happens quite a bit, folks. Not yeah. necessarily the criminal side, but you'll have Oh, it all fires. happens on every property. Yeah, then. you have fires that happen, right? You know. You guys should see Ben's face, how, it, how red it turns. <laughs> Whenever fires and all this stuff all happens in the same week, you know, the progr- flood, the flood yeah, comes in and, just, and puts you know, the fire we, out. And so. in our business, you have good days and bad days, right? <laughs> and so, um, you know, but it's it comes with it, and it's about having a problem and working through it. So, yeah. like I tell everyone, you know, don't no need to stress about it, but it's well, important to understand your property management company and just you know make sure that they know what they're doing, right? What's their experience? And yeah. you know, they'll all. I'll be surprised if any management company doesn't have a plan around what to do with the fires or what to do with crime, what to do with all these other yeah. things. They're just so common. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And our business is just almost a monthly basis, right? Yeah. You know, somewhere in our portfolio, something is happening. Yeah. So you know, but yeah, no, I know we we missed a, f- a few folks. So if you guys have any additional questions, I don't know if anybody does. Yeah. If anyone has any no. questions, go ahead. Please, you know, ask them in the comments. We're happy to answer them here live, whether it's about property management or something else. Feel free to ask. You know, and so um, we'll take a deeper dive. Property management is probably something that we could have spent. Yeah, a right more now time we on. focus more on the takeover yeah. part. I think yeah. a different conversation we'll have probably more on the asset management, and property operations, management relations. Operations, operations right. probably yeah, is a good topic. You know, just property management operations in general. So yeah. we'll kind of, I guess, we'll wrap up there, man. Yeah. If yeah. anyone has any questions, ask them now. We'll forever hold your peace because we will wrap this up in the next two minutes. All right. All right. Two minutes. Two I'll seconds. Say, next two minutes, two seconds, <laughs> potato, potato. So, you know, whatever you want. No, and, and we want this to be interactive, folks. So ask questions. Reach out to us. You can direct message us. If there's something that you want us to talk about, it doesn't have to necessarily be multifamily. It could be real estate. It could be, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, best practices on that type of stuff, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're technology guys. We talk about technology, too. Right. You know, so anything that, you know, that involves any of those topics, we're love to talk about. Right. Yep. You know, but otherwise, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, if you guys can't tell, Ben's just itching to talk. I mean, come on, give us some questions, guys. We're happy to talk. That's what we're all here for. Right. You know, <laughs> but if you don't have any questions, any comments, we will keep going. Then we'll call it a day then. Oh, wait, we got one. Whoa, whoa. When choosing a securities attorney, doesn't matter if his background is drafting PPM, doesn't need to be multifamily specific. I would say yes. You want to you want a security attorney that knows how to draft PBMs. 
not all attorneys are the same. They yeah, all do their specializations. But it was the question was the question if they're an SEC attorney, but then don't do multifamily. I guess? No, well that was that was just two questions. Okay. All yeah. Right. So the first part is, do you want one that has this background in drafting PPMs? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. There's a, you know I mean there's a lot of compliance that you have to make sure you. So do don't get your local attorney to try to draft something up because they've got a template. My brother-in-law's friend's sister's husband do is a good don't attorney. Don't do it. It's not worth it because yeah. a lot of people try to save a couple thousand bucks just to do it that way, or they'll find some template where they think they can draft the PPM on their own. Don't do it, folks. Yeah. Focus on the folks that know what they're doing with the SEC. Now to the second half of the question: Does it have to be multifamily specific? I'd say no. It's good yeah. to. It's nice to have some experience. Yeah, right? because they, they'll have some things in the PPM that happened to them at a previous client that they're, yeah. you know, carrying forward and helping their other clients. But, you know, I would I would definitely want someone that has done PPMs and securities before. I, you know, if I had to choose one, it'd be definitely the PPM. Yes. I would gi- I would give up the multifamily experience. Yeah, yeah that's you know, that's less is that's less important than Absolutely. just knowing how to do a PPM, and that's. You know, and there's there's folks. If you guys want to reach out, we've got we've got a good one, Dugan Kelly. Yeah. You know, uh, so yeah, let us know if we want to make introductions. Yeah. Otherwise, we can call it a wrap. If anyone has any more questions. All right, Money Mondays. Join us next week, folks. Three thirty p.m. Central Standard. Yeah. Do we know what we're talking about next week? Because I don't know. Shannon, what are we talking about next week? Getting started in multifamily. Getting started in multifamily. Ooh, That's a good one. I like that one. So yeah, we come know with a thing or two about folks. that one. You know, uh, happy to answer them and uh, look forward to seeing you next week. All right. Sounds good. We hope you enjoyed today's episode on Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. We have some really great episodes coming up, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast. For those interested in passively investing in cash-flowing multifamily properties, visit disruptequity.com slash invest. Fill out your information there, and you will get notified when we release our next multifamily passive investment offering.